there flickers a light from flashbangs and frag grenades by Calchexis read by Sam Gabriel based on League of Legends by Riot Games Chapter 1 Insofar as wake-up calls went, a bone-rattling pounding on her door was far from Lux's favorite. Not only was it an incredibly harsh way to wake up, especially since she'd been in the midst of an incredibly pleasant dream featuring springberry eyes and rough, wandering hands, but it also suggested that something had gone rather wrong at some point during the night, and the day was going to be equally unpleasant. Still, Lux had been through enough rough revelies that the sound had her bolt upright out of bed and pulling on her gear with a minimum of cursing. "'I'm awake! I'm awake!' Lux shouted as the hammering knock came again. The moment she was decent enough for company, Lux swung the door open. On the other side was a grim-faced legionary of her house's inner guard. They were the ones who acted as bodyguards to the main line in case of an assassination attempt, or in Auntie Tia's case, hype men to stand at the sidelines while she taught said assassin the real meaning of going for the throat. Sergeant? Lux said by way of both greeting and query. Sorry for the wake-up call, my lady, but the High Marshal requires your presence, he replied curtly. Lux froze. Speaking of Auntie Tia, what on Runeterra was she doing at the estate? Tiana Crownguard was the High Marshal of Demacia the highest military rank there was. Her hand guided the movements of the whole of the Demacian military body. This could not possibly be good. Nodding stiffly, Lux finished tightening the straps on her leathers, donned her cuirass and battle skirt, ran a comb briefly through her hair, and bolted out the door, pausing only briefly to grab her blade and belt it before leaving. The sergeant moved at a hurried clip, which was equally troubling. Normally, the inner guard projected an unflappable air of imperturbability, but not today, apparently. Lux was burning to ask why she'd been summoned at, a quick glance at the clock, just before sunup, but she knew better. The sergeant wasn't there to brief her. If Auntie Tiana was calling for her, then she would be the one to tell her what was going on, so Lux bit back the questions. The walk was agonizing, and Lux found herself aching absurdly for Jinx's presence of all things. It was foolish. If her family ever found out about her relationship with the Zonite madwoman, she'd be strung up by her ankles. That didn't negate the fact that Jinx's presence was calming. Her laid-back attitude and the reckless abandon with which she approached life was a freeing feeling. That, and, in fairness, Lux simply missed her. It had been a month since their date in Zaun, and Lux already desperately missed waking up next to Jinx. She missed being able to reach out and touch that wildfire of a woman and kiss her and bask in the naked adoration that Jinx showed her. Call her vain, but Lux loved how beautiful Jinx made her feel— at least for Jinx, Lux knew she would always be enough, not her magic, not her skills, and not her bloodline, just Lux. Her thoughts came to a halt as the sergeant pushed open a heavy set of double doors to the east wing parlor, and Lux followed on his heels. Inside were Tiana Crown Guards, three other guards, and the ironclad High Marshal herself. Tall and severe, with arrow-straight hair and cheekbones that could cut a man to the quick, Tiana Crown Guard was an imposing woman, to say the least. Lux had been told often that she most resembled the Elder Crown Guard more than anyone else, and on a physical level she could see these superficial similarities. That was where the likeness ended, though. Luxana, you're still in the grounds, good, Tiana said curtly. This is where you will stay until this matter is dealt with. Lux furred her brow. What's the matter? What's going on? She glanced around the room at the solemn faces, but stopped at one specific one, sitting slumped in a corner chair being fussed over by a medic, 
and Lux's jaw dropped. Battered and bloody, in armor that was more rents and dents than solid plating, was a familiar face. Cythria! Lux darted to her friend's side and dropped to her knees. Gods, what happened to you? Cythria glanced up at Lux, an expression of pain giving way to deep, wrenching shame. The look put a hook in Lux's gut and twisted it. Tell her what you told me, Major, Tiana said. Swallowing back a lump in her throat, Cythria straightened, although it was clear it pained her to do it. It was an ambush, she started. Noxians, I'm sure, although they didn't wear their colors. They wouldn't, the cowards, Tiana remarked. We were on a parade patrol, overseeing some of the smaller villages at the border, Cythria continued as Lux took her hand. First Shield was on maneuvers just outside of one of the villages, Prosperity was the name. When we were hit, they came with spells, struck hard and fast. Cythria shook her head. I have no idea how they got so many across our borders. Sorcery, one of the guards spat. Probably, although Lux didn't say the thought aloud. The Noxians were significantly more liberal regarding magic than Demacians, and didn't shy away from its use in warfare. We beat a fighting retreat to join up with Second Shield. Cythria grimaced as the medic pulled a Paul's off to start working at her split gorget. But they cut us off. The sword captain charged them, broke their line, and ordered us through, but... He stayed. Lux filled in the rest, and Cythria nodded. Garen Crown Guard was not a creature of reckless heroism. He was a hero, yes, but a tactician first. If Garen had stayed back then, Lux knew it was because it was the only way he'd seen to ensure First Shield's survival. The loss of so many veterans would have not only been a national tragedy, it would have been crippling for the morale of the country. Is he... Lux started shakily. The possibility of her brother's death was always present, just as hers was. Their callings were dangerous, and Lux had no illusions that their respective roles would one day end in a condolence letter. Worse, Cythria hissed. Lux's lips pressed to a thin line. Worse for the guard and for Demacia, but... Captured, Lux said, shooting a look at her aunt who nodded. I'm going nowhere. Tiana said the word with the finality of a falling headsman's axe. You are confined to your quarters while we deal with this. The Radiant Council has already been consulted, and where Garen is being held has been deemed far too high risk for infiltration. Lux scoffed. Oh, have they? The Boulder Fortress is held by Katarina Ducateau. The bottom fell out of Lux's stomach. If there was one being on Runeterra against whom Lux truly believed she might be outmatched in the subtle arts of infiltration and assassination, it would be against the sinister blade of Noxus. Guards will be posted outside your room to ensure there are no excursions, lest Nox's spies alert them and force them to preempt a rescue with an execution, Tiana continued. I will see my nephew back safely, or I will have a thousand Noxian heads for his. You are dismissed. Lux grit her teeth, but complied, bowing stiffly and shooting Cythria a sympathetic look before letting the sergeant escort her to her room, which, true to her aunt's claim, now had two guards posted outside of it. Of course, she could try to leave out the window, but that would involve using a lot of magic, which would aggravate the wards and give her away. Non-magical exfiltration was possible, but would be very difficult, and Lux hated to admit it, but her aunt was probably right. If she went after Garen, she would put him at risk. And even if she didn't, she would almost certainly die to his captor. At least he hadn't been killed. 
Lux couldn't help but indulge in a smirk. The odd rapport that the deadly Katarina and the implacable sword captain had on the battlefield was as legendary as either of them individually. Any battle they fought in invariably saw the two of them dueling, and more than one had likened it to a dance. She had no evidence of it, but Lux had a sneaking suspicion that her brother and Katarina shared more than a sense of nationalistic pride. If so, then it was highly probable that the only reason he'd been taken alive, rather than executed on the field and had his corpse paraded around in view, was on her orders. Maybe it's a crown guard thing, Lux muttered as she sat down in her bed, falling for the enemy. Swearing quietly under her breath, Lux pulled her cuirass off and doffed her leathers. All she could do was wait for news of her brother's fate. Either Damasio would negotiate for his release, and Noxus would undoubtedly make them pay dearly for a champion like Garen Crownguard, or one of the more bloodthirsty warhawks among the Noxian council would decide he would be better used as an example. The prince would negotiate, Lux was certain. Not only were Jarvan and her brother childhood friends, the prince knew full well the power of a symbol, and the death of the might of Damasia would be a blow to the throne itself. That was the most chilling part, too. The Grand General of Noxus would undoubtedly know the value of Garin's death, and all Lux could do was wait. A week passed with no news, which, Lux reasoned, at least meant that her brother still lived. If he'd been executed, Noxus would have been crowing about it from Freljord to Shirima. At the same time, she was starting to go out of her mind. The most she'd been permitted had been taking supervised walks. Her aunt was taking no chances on Lux herring off to attempt a daring rescue, and honestly Lux couldn't deny that she was sorely tempted, even as she knew how stupid it would be. Every day that passed saw that temptation grow, and by the end of the week she was practically vibrating with nervous energy— and only the knowledge that her leaving would endanger her brother kept her in place. Likely there were negotiations happening at that very moment, and in the midst of that, Lux had no doubt her brother was enjoying the height of Noxian hospitality. He was privy to all manner of military secrets that the Noxian council would want their grubby claws on, but breaking a man like Garin was more an exercise in futility than anything. Her brother, not her, had inherited their aunt's steel-backed, stubborn resolve. But Lux was not someone who idled well nor gracefully. She ached for action just to do something, but her aunt's orders had left her neatly sidelined with the blessings of the Radiant Council, the damnable old birds. She hadn't even had visitors beyond Scythria briefly before she'd been corralled back into the medical wing after having apparently gone AWOL so she could beg Lux's forgiveness, so it caught Lux somewhat off guard when a knock came at the door. "'Enter,' Lux said." Looking up from her desk where she'd been reading, or rather rereading, a manual of military tactics to try and distract herself. The door opened, and Lux got a brief glimpse of one of her two door guards glancing inside before nodding to whoever was with them. Had it been done, was Garen on his way back, or had the Noxians finally? A figure in full, dauntless warplate, faceplate and all, bearing the heraldric marks of second shield on the pauldron, stepped in, saluted crisply and then closed the doors behind them. "'What news, Second Shield?' Lux asked, standing sharply. The soldier didn't answer immediately. Instead, they moved to the window, cracked it open, then turned back to regard Lux coolly through the slit visor. "'Well?' Lux asked. The soldier sighed, shook their head, then gripped the helm and wrenched it off, and Lux's jaw dropped as electric blue hair fell in a waterfall from the confines of the helm, 
and its owner dragged in a comically heavy gasp of air before flashing one of her signature two wide grins at Lux. Hey, Blondie! Also, wow, it was a lot harder to get in here this time, Jinx said brightly. Uh, she was staring. Lux knew she was staring. She knew she probably looked like an absolute idiot, but at the same time, Jinx looked really good in armor. And she apparently knew it, because Jinx immediately struck a pose. What do you think? she asked, smirking. I always thought I'd look good in uniform, right? Lux bit her bottom lip as she looked Jinx up and down. The bulky armor should not be that attractive, but on Jinx it was. Jinx, I... what are you doing here? Jinx asked. That cockeyed smile of hers was as charming as always. I was bored, she replied blithely. Want to go wreck something up? Lux frowned. I can't get away. I'm... Grounded was the term she was tempted to use, but that was just her sore pride speaking. Under house arrest until my brother is freed. Freedom was the only possibility Lux was willing to consider, the possibility that negotiations would fail and that her brother would suffer whatever fate the Grand General thought suitable for the might of Demacia wasn't an option. Jinx made a face and blew a raspberry, and her temper flared. Who cares? What's your brother got to do with you? He's my brother, Jinx, Lux said, forcing the venom from her voice that welled up as she unconsciously squared her shoulders. And right now, he's imprisoned in a Noxian stronghold, and... She swallowed hard. Jinx, if this goes badly, they'll execute him. Saying it aloud stole something from Lux. Her calm, maybe, her poise. She felt rattled just giving the words a voice. Right now, though, she needed Jinx. She needed the mad girl to hold her. She needed her to say something. <laughs> and? Something other than that. And? Lux hissed. And nothing! He's my brother, and I won't put him in danger by leaving. If the Noxians learned his sister is potentially out and planning a rescue, they could kill him just to spite us. So let him! Jinx replied with an armored shrug. It's not like one more dead Demacian knucklehead is going to... Slap. Lux's arm moved before she even consciously realized it. Her temper, already frayed by days of stress and inaction and the nonchalance of a certain Zonite, had finally snapped. Blood trickled out of the corner of Jinx's mouth as the pale skin of her left cheek began to show a bruise. Her eyes were comically wide as she froze. Her head knocked sideways from the force of the blow where Lux had slapped her hard. It took a lot to leave Jinx stunned. Given her line of work, for generous definitions of the term, that much was fair to say. As she raised a hand dully up to her aching cheek, though, Jinx looked as though every crucial gear in her mind had suddenly and violently seized, and, if anything, Lux looked even more shocked than Jinx. Jinx, I... I, I didn't... Lux pulled her hand back and put it to her lips. Lux couldn't breathe. Her heart was hammering in her chest, and her lungs were aching, but for some reason she couldn't force herself to just breathe. She just hit Jinx. It wasn't like that before, it wasn't like when they'd met and been fighting, and it had been as much a wild game as anything else. When Jinx finally moved, it was like she'd become an automaton. She said nothing as she took up her disguise's helm and slipped it back on, and Lux's heart ached violently at how Jinx at no point looked at her, 
before moving stiffly past the Damasian mage, wrapped her knuckles twice against the door, and was let out. She didn't look back, and she never said goodbye. Jinx just left. That whole brief span of her leaving, Lux had felt like time was slowing to a brutal crawl. She wanted to apologize. She wanted to try and say something, anything, to make Jinx stay, to beg her to stay. Why should she, though? And what right did Lux have to even speak to Jinx after that? What did I do? Lux muttered hollowly as she stumbled away from the door. Her legs knocked against the edge of her bed, and she fell back into it as she put her hands over her mouth. Her stomach felt like one great knot. Oh, gods, she muttered through her fingers. What did I just do? His arms ached, but that wasn't a new sensation, simply a constant one. Manacles of thick, heavy steel bound his wrists and pulled his arms out wide, shackling him to either side of his cell. Bonds bolted to the ground, kept him kneeling, and the awkward position kept his bare back bowed and his head low. Every inch of him hurt, but Garen Crownguard was no stranger to physical pain. The ache in his soul was a different matter, though. Many thought of him as little more than a brutal combatant, but Garen was well aware of his political value to his nation. He had hoped to spend his life saving the rest of the vanguard, at least in that way he could have been a martyr. Now he was a liability, and that more than rankled. The door to his lightless cell creaked open, as he had been expecting it to. By his count, it was late evening, which meant he was due for a visit. "'Good evening, my dear.' Her voice was like poison honey, and Garin snorted out a bitter laugh. "'Katarina,' Garin rumbled. To what do I owe the pleasure? Katerina Ducateau sighed. It was a breathy, mellifluous sound that sent a shiver down Garin's spine. She was a beautiful woman by any metric, yet that wasn't what drew Garin to her over and over. It was the steel in her, the devotion, the fire that burned in her soul. She was a fighter through and through. He'd known at the moment he'd first locked blades with her. The talks are dragging on, unsurprisingly, Katerina said as she stalked around Garin, her hand outstretched to trace slender fingers across scarred, corded muscle. Garin didn't raise his head. His neck ached too much to bother. That bodes ill? More than ill. The general was many things, but he was no fool, and neither did he waste his time. Every day he dragged negotiations out made it less and less likely that he would be willing to return, Garin. After over two weeks of diplomatic blather and pointless back and forth between Noxian and Damasian envoys, the odds were becoming slim indeed. More likely, he was letting some other plan work its venomous claws into the skin of Damasia. Perhaps it was no more than giving his nation false hope, only to kill it messily when Swain finally decided to give the execution order. I'm trying. Katerina said, her voice losing some of its swagger as her hand came to rest on Garin's shoulder. She stopped in front of him, and for a moment all Garin could see of her was her leather boots before she knelt and put a hand on his cheek to guide his face up. Katerina was heart-stoppingly beautiful, and the genuine emotion on her face only made her more so. "'This isn't the death for you, Crownguard,' Katerina said tightly. 
Your death belongs to the battlefield. Her breath hitched faintly as she traced a thumb over his cheek. It belongs to me. My death was a foregone conclusion when I took up the blade, Garin said quietly. I was prepared for my end, however it came, but... His mouth set into a grim, thin smile. I confess, I'd have preferred something more glorious. Katarina shook her head and chuckled. You're a cruel, humorless man, Garen Crownguard, toying with my heart like this, she said, giving him an exaggerated pout. It was a look that could stop or start a war. Despite her fearsome reputation, Katarina had lips that framed an exceptionally pleasant pout. You can't just whine and dine a girl, she continued. Take her out, dance her silly, and then leave her wanting. Despite himself, Garen chuckled. That's a unique manner of describing our various battles, he remarked. I'm wounded. Katarina pressed her hand dramatically over her heart. I suppose you'll fight with just any girl, hmm? Garen was well aware of the rumors that surrounded his legendary duels with Katarina Ducateau, and aloud he simply laughed at them or brushed them off. In the privacy of his own mind, and the few rare moments the pair shared that weren't in the middle of a war, those odd gatherings of state or league functions that saw them in the same room together, Garen knew the truth. He knew there was more between him and Katarina than rivalry. Their blades crossed, and often, too often for either of them to fool one another into believing it was happenstance, they sought each other out, desperate for the kiss of steel on steel. It was only when his blade danced with Katarina's that Garin's heart truly thundered. Only you, Garin said with a dry laugh. Only ever you. Katarina looked struck, and her eyes widened as she lowered her hand. Her red hair fell like a veil over her face as she hung her head and clenched her fists. This was the end, Garin knew. Another few days, maybe a week at the outside and the Grand General would give the order to execute the might of Demacia in what would undoubtedly be a great spectacle for the masses. The death of a tyrant's blade. Garin was certain that was what the announcements would say. It's not fair, Katarina said bitterly as she fell to her knees and clutched at her own trembling shoulders. You were supposed to be mine. Garin leaned forward as much as he was able, his chains rattling as he rested his forehead against Katarina's crimson-haired crown. I was only ever yours, Katarina Ducateau, in death and in life, he said quietly. She took his cheeks in her hands, hands which were worn smooth with calluses from countless hours handling the fine bone handles of her many, many daggers. They were strong hands, lean with muscle, and nothing like the soft, silken, simpering things owned by the noble's daughters his mother was always trying to pawn him off with. Katarina had the hands of a warrior, and the lips of one, too, something he only knew in that moment as she kissed him. Those lips of hers were full, but they were hard as well. Too many months spent at war fronts and among the trenches had stolen all of the softness from the sinister blade of Noxus. Months and years spent weeks at a time, 
amidst the blood and muck of skirmish after skirmish, and far from the lavish parties and galas of the capital. How could there ever have been any other woman for him? She drew away for the first, and Garin suspected, the last time. Katerina would not free him, although he could feel it in her that she ached, too. She wanted to release him, despite ostensibly being his enemy. She wanted to cut his chains and let him go, deal be damned, but she wouldn't. Just as he wouldn't have freed her, were their positions reversed. Theirs was a weight of duty that was heavier than whatever fledgling thing had sparked between them at the eleventh hour. I'm sorry. The words were whispered so faintly that Garin wasn't certain he heard them at all. Then she was up and turning on her heels. And Garin Crown Guard took a deep breath, savoring the scent of her that still hung in the air. Lilies, he thought. And he smiled as he reflected that perhaps there was one last soft thing left to Katerina Ducateau, and that he didn't mind it terribly. If it was the last sweet thing he would ever smell, then it was not so bad, he thought. Good night, Krongard, Katerina said without turning around. And goodbye. The text of this story is available on AO3. Music by Dot Matrix. If you would like me to record a story, voice over a character, get in touch using the contact information available on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as a link to my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.